Welcome to Life in Digital, a podcast where we dive into the lives and businesses of those working in the digital sector. I'm your host, Amy Wright, and this week I'm really excited to be speaking with Julia Hitchman, Head of Brand and Agency Partnerships at Goodloop, a leading ethical ad platform. We delved into purpose-led advertising and addressing why trust is at an all-time low for consumers. Thank you for, for joining us. We're not quite sure what this series is going to be called yet, but I think the kind of things that we're going to be talking about over the coming weeks, with you being the first guest, mm-hmm. which is exciting, is just in this moment that we're in, as kind of accelerated by the pandemic, is all of these things are coming into fruition. Things like the Black Lives Matter movement, but then also how we're working remotely, how we're interacting with clients, with our candidates, everything seems to be in this like accelerated phase. And I think one of the things that we really wanted to talk to people like you and I'm good loop about is how as a company you've reacted to this moment and what the future looks like. And I think one thing that's really unique to you is you've got that kind of bridge between um, these amazing shifts that are happening culturally where we're readdressing things that maybe were ignored or weren't at the forefront of, of decisions and just the general day-to-day running of a business. So you've, you've yeah. kind of got that like unique perspective on both. Right. But just to begin, do you want to give a bit of an overview of yourself and, and yeah, about Good Loop? Um, so I'm Julia Hitchman and I am Head of Partnerships at Good Loop. Um, so Good Loop, for those who don't know, is an ethical ad platform where we um, essentially make a charitable donation in exchange for a consumer like watching or engaging with an ad. Um, so the charitable donation is actually funded by the brand. It will always be a charity that reinforces their purpose um, or aligns really nicely to the product or messaging of their ad, um, but in a way that kind of helps with that value exchange of a consumer's time um, and they get to do kind of good for free together, so like a nice shared endeavour. And you were set up in 2016? Yes, yeah, so we are probably still in the realms of startup, as they say. Um, <laughs> it was founded in 2016 uh, by Amy Williams um, and Dan Winterstein. And yeah, again, it came from the premise that, um, you know, the, that transition that you were mentioning, it was very, very early days back then, but brands were really starting to look at their purpose. Um, yeah. And not just kind of like the impact of, uh, you know, their supply chain or, you know, those very early days of of purpose, but actually how that affects their business, how that affects their relationship with their consumers. Um, I mean, Unilever were one of the first brands that we worked with as as well. Um, Amy was working a lot on their creative messaging when she was at Ogilvy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was starting to see that shift through their strategy, you know, talking about their purpose and actually what they were activating on the ground. Um, yeah. And it came from that idea that, you know, the, these businesses are starting to see the benefits, right? They sell more soap, essentially, if they do good. Um, you know, it's not necessarily sexy product either. <laughs> so yeah. How do you actually really make that connection with your consumers? And a lot of it was built into the purpose that each of their products then um made and like actually had built within them so yeah the idea that they have all these lovely strategies they're seeing it from a business point of view that they yeah. want so they're good um but when it came to media there was this massive disconnect between what the consumers were seeing what they were being served um 
And that's essentially where the idea came up. Like, how can we make that a more positive environment? How can yeah. you make that value exchange more positive as well? Um, and actually probably put their money where their mouths are a bit more. You know, a lot of brands will be doing very nice charitable initiatives in the back end, mm -hmm. but do they do much in terms of actually walking the walk and talking the talk with their advertising? Probably not. So, um, yeah, it was started three years ago with that kind of premise. Yeah. And yeah, there's about, I think we're a team of about 12 now, maybe slightly more. I'm going to get told off for getting the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of and how did you come to join Goodloop? What was your backstory? Yeah, um, I've been in advertising for a, like, yeah, in a, a scarily long time now, <laughs> about, yeah, over a decade. Um, I've done the usual thing of working agency side for a bit, then working at sales side, worked in mobile specifically when that kind of was taking off. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a really exciting journey as well to see something kind of in its um, infancy, like really like accelerate mm. rapidly, more, more quickly than we've kind of seen a lot of other technologies take off. And then I took a year out in between roles and yeah. it was that time where you know, you, you've worked somewhere for a while, you kind of reassess what your own kind of purpose is as well um, and what you're looking for. And then when I heard what Amy was doing, mm. it just really resonated with me. Um, I think there is a massive call for a change in the industry. Everyone has been getting very, um, I don't want to say the word complacent, that's probably not quite right, but um, I think they've taken it for granted, that relationship yeah. with the consumer. Um, and, you know, I, I can't fault it. I've really enjoyed the last 10 years, but it felt like for me that there was a change that needed to happen and not many people were on this bandwagon yet. Um, mm -hmm. It's ironic that I've only been at the company for two years and already that acceleration has, yeah, has gone kind of crazy. And yeah, so I met with Amy and she was discussing the premise of Goodloop and I thought, actually, this is something I really want to get involved with. Mm -hmm. um, not least because it's nice to be able to do good when you're working and you feel good about it, but actually seeing how it works in terms of brand success. Um, ultimately, when you're trying to sell a product, you want it to do well, you want it to be a success for your client. And that's where I was really kind of drawn in. And, you know, it's nice to do nice, but when it really works, it's really, really kind of satisfying. Yeah. And you can see the results and you can yeah, share them with your maybe. customers. And how did uh, customers, clients react to Goodloop? Because it, it is quite different to what else is out there. So what was that response yeah. like? It's always really good because you always have um, somebody to listen to what you're doing. Uh, it's mm -hmm. new. It's exciting. Um, it's not, you know, the same old, same old. Um, it will vary as every product does with clients, depending on who they're talking to already. Um, what their purpose is as well. So I mentioned Unilever before, we ended up becoming part of their foundry project, which looks at different startups um, that can help their business like across all things, so supply chain, mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, and we were really fortunate to be selected to join that. And working with a brand like that, who have already seen the metrics of success by being more purposeful, it's really kind of that happy alignment of you get what we're doing, we get what you're doing, and now we can make this a real success story. So we've worked across, I think, yeah, six or seven of their brands now from, you know, everything from links to, um, we actually activated with Dove in Mexico really recently, um, right. supporting UN, um, UN women 
and the dark literature itself. So brands like that have been really receptive. I think the more interesting part is those brands who are kind of just exploring this area. And it's really nice to talk to them and see actually what is their purpose? What do they want it to look like? Those conversations are much bigger, uh, kind of longer term conversations because ultimately it's an area that still comes with intrepidation from a lot Mm -hmm. of brands. you will have seen it very, very recently with a lot of the Black Lives Matter movement that people are cautious of what they're doing because it has to be genuine. Yes. Consumers will see straight through anything that isn't and they will get called mm. out and it will be worse than if they never touched it at all. So it does come with that element of you need to know what you're doing and it has to be right for the brand. Um, yes. Beforehand. So in that sense, it will, it will vary depending on the brand and where they're at in that stage as well. Yeah. And the, the impact on charities, how does that work? The, the brand chooses the charity, is that right? Yes, yeah, so ultimately the charitable donation is actually a media cost. It's built into that metric. So it's a cost per okay. success model, essentially. The more views you get, the more mm-hmm. you know, you'll be able to hit that charitable donation. We put it at 50% of the media spend, mm-hmm. um, largely because it's that thing of, a brand wants to know what they're actually going to be spending. They don't need to have to suddenly try and find £50,000 down the back of a sofa. Not so easy, <laughs> sadly. Um, but also it ties it in really nicely to that metric of like 50% of the time watching that ad will then be donated as a 50% donation to a charity. Yeah, uh, It's just a nice kind of, like we always say, that it's an understanding of, you know, actually that value in that, in that ad and that attention, essentially. But the charity choices will come from the brand. The brand is funding that donation ultimately. And then we usually give a choice of up to three charities on our players. So we've had it recently with a lot of food banks. There'll be choices um, between things like Fair Share, Trust and mm-hmm. Trust, Meals to the NHS, for example, where it ties in really nicely with um, the product. Or it might be one charity, but three initiatives. It's, but it's giving that consumer the choice. So although the brand will be paying ultimately for that charity, they feel like they've got a part in that story. They feel like they're involved, they're included, Mm -hmm. and actually they're doing good together. So the brand and the consumer can share that kind of happy feeling. Um, Yeah. Really nice. But yeah, the brand will choose and it has to reinforce their values. Mm. And ultimately that's, that's the main goal at the end of it, that their purpose is built into their media and not just their business. Yeah, and you, you've mentioned purpose quite a few times, and I think... Sorry, it's like my old no, password. Bing. No, it's, like, it's great. It is, it is about having a reason behind what you're doing. And I think, as you've said, and I assume it's been um, accelerated a lot with things like YouTube and things like influencers, that it, it moved away from media and traditional print media into consumers' hands in a very honest review of products. Um, and I just wondered, can you talk a little bit more about this idea of purpose and how this has been accelerated by COVID, but also, as you said, Black Lives Matter? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, again, it's that transitional thing that we're seeing. And actually, the pace that um, it was going at before was still quite rapid. Like, people were realizing yeah. they had to build it in. But obviously, then things like COVID happened. And suddenly, it's at the very forefront of what's going on because there's just a heightened sense of pressure there's a heightened sense of um you know community as well so mm-hmm. as much as covid has had a lot of negativity um there have been some really nice moments within it that i think everyone's seen um yeah. and there will always be kind of winners and losers in that thing in that sense and actually 
to be able to say that you're you know profiteering off the back of a global pandemic it's not going to look good for your brand so you have to be seen to actually you know counter that and do some good with that profit mm-hmm. um, i think you know there's a whole amount of discontent that's actually led to all of these wider political social um you know matters and tensions coming up yeah so yeah. I think that has really kind of, yeah, like we were saying, accelerated that journey for a lot of brands. Um, and I think it gives them something to focus on in the short term. Mm-hmm. But it's really, the, the interesting bit will be, what does that look like in the long term? Yeah. Which brands are actually going to, you know, really last the test of time and be genuine with it, um, mm-hmm. like we were saying before. Purpose and it being accelerated because of things happening now and us all being stuck in our yeah our living rooms um, <laughs> it's hard you can't kind of take your mind off it almost it's, mm. it's there and it's in front of you and it's forcing businesses to really look at how they operate and not only how they're being seen by their consumers with a little black square or anything yeah. like that it's really getting to the nitty-gritty and as you said what does that look like a year from now two years from mm. now and Uh, what that purpose is and I think yeah I think a lot of brands are being cautious in their approach like a lot of them have actually remained silent and said we're remaining silent until we know what the best route is and actually I think that's quite um you know telling of some companies rather than just going straight out and jumping on a bandwagon it's a question we always come up against as a company Mm -hmm. like how do I make sure this looks genuine and that I'm not just greenwashing or not just you know yeah doing something because I feel like I should yeah consumers will jump on that immediately as soon as there's any ounce of it seeming uh to go against what they've done before so that's something that we do work with with brands as well um Mm -hmm. and actually the the pandemic at the moment it's seen kind of purpose shift a lot um it's a lot more about current issues and current um you know needs versus that longer term what does what does my business want to do as you know for the community that kind of thing um it's quite interesting seeing as well like the rise of b corps um so mm-hmm. good Loop was actually the first b corp in the ad tech industry globally it's something that mm-hmm. we're really proud of um and i don't know if you know much about b corps but essentially no. what they do is that they will put purpose and profit side by side and you okay. really have to change like your articles of association is what it's called but um essentially you're legally obliged to make sure that your business has as much positive impact as it can because let's be honest most business will have a positive and ne- negative impact of some yeah. sort of, but things like carbon offsetting um mm-hmm. make sure that the community you're you're essentially um supporting it as well as if you were say farming there um that you're also giving back to that as well so it's a really nice thing to sign up to i think there's over 3,000 now globally mm-hmm. um, you know companies like Danone they're the biggest one globally but we work with quite a few ourselves so Tom yeah. um, but it's a really nice thing to see that kind of um, initiative grow mm-hmm. and, and actually businesses really baking that into like we say you legally are obliged to change um, the wording on your legal saying that we will put this at the heart of what we do um, so yeah things like that are definitely growing as well yeah and is that something that's pushed by government or is that more of a private thing like who yeah. runs no, how, how do you sign yeah. up <laughs> it's not a government initiative i mean yeah 
poor Ryan and my company having to do all of the forms to fill it in. Okay. What you will do is, yeah, you will apply um, and there's certain criteria and you have to hit a certain number to be, be caught, um, approved and it will cover things like governance, um, welfare, environment it covers a number of different things and if you go to the b corp website it will break it down you can see everyone that's actually been accredited and right. see what their score is and um, patagonia is a really obvious yeah. one as well so they score really highly on the environmental aspect um, unsurprisingly um but it's all these brands that have kind of become very very popular in the last few years because not only are they seeing the profits of you know, putting that purpose in the heart of what they do, but consumers are searching for it now. Um, there's a lot more information out there than there was before. Yes. And I think that's also another reason why people are realizing the importance of it. And we, we spoke a little bit about COVID and the acceleration of that. What has the impact been on Good Loop and how you've, maybe how you've had to adapt it, the things you've changed and where you've yeah. potentially even thrived in this time? Yeah, um, it's been really interesting because there definitely has been an acceleration in our product, particularly. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone was wanting to support the NHS. You saw yeah. Mate Tom doing his amazing kind of charitable work. I know, so cute. Um, <laughs> <and> it's great. <laughs> but I think uh, where we sit, it's that more sensitive approach. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, advertising historically isn't that sensitive. It's quite garish sometimes. And um, you know, you have this uh, advertising association come out with their report about how trust is kind of at an all-time low, mm -hmm. analytical scandals, etc. So it, it comes with uh, a few issues, to say. So actually, what Goodloop, you know, as an offering does is try to eradicate their sense of you know distrust and actually do some good and make it a more positive environment. Yeah. Um, and then COVID specifically speaking. It was that immediate need of actually we need to show that we're going to support this right away and that's yeah. what we can do we can make sure that that partnership happens um, as a business we normally have to wait payment terms in order to be able to actually release the funds to charities but mm -hmm. because we know that that was so immediate in terms of what was required we actually yeah. listened that um, as, as something that felt right for us in, in order to make that difference when it was needed Mm -hmm. um and things yeah we've had some new brands come to us which is really exciting um we ran with boots for soap and glory and they were supporting right. hygiene bank so supporting people to um get access to hygiene and sanitary um care during this time where it is particularly heightened i mentioned it before but we were working with a lot of food banks so obviously supermarkets have done extremely well out of this situation mm -hmm. um but there is that expectation that you know they need to really kind of reinvest that rather than profiteer off it so yeah, yeah. a lot of people supporting trust or trust fair fair share and um, meals to the nhs things like that mm -hmm. so it's been really nice kind of transition um where it was yeah more immediate support um and i think with q3 q4 looking like things will pick up again um with the market reopening it's now that consideration time of actually it was, it, it was necessary at the time, but it's not really changed the situation. People are still um, susceptible to it. See, people are still vulnerable. People are going mm -hmm. through a tougher time than they were when it was first, um, you know, first a problem. And being sensitive to that now will change what that looks like slightly. Um, again, I think Good Leaper are in a fortunate position where we can be that sensitive 
bridge yeah you still need to market your activity you still need to market yeah. your christmas is coming up christmas isn't cancelled but how do you do it in a way that is going to be more sensitive given what's going on with your clients do you pick who you partner with or right, yeah, is like a vetting process. Yeah, so absolutely. You... So okay, we, can't, we can't. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, are, we're a very open company in terms of you know we we have a clear mission ourselves. We want to make the advertising industry yeah. you know more transparent, more mm -hmm. honest, and um, more you know, but in a way that kind of profits everyone. Profits yeah. you, you as a consumer because you're not just forced to watch an ad for nothing. Um, you get to do good for free and it profits the brands because you know we've done a lot of studies with um, with many of our campaigns and that you know purchase intent is always higher the brand awareness is higher because you're doing something positive and good so all yeah. of those aspects kind of layer onto each other to make it a more suitable choice that said we as a business want to make sure that we stand by our own morals um, mm. and don't support things that don't uh, align with that so um, you know, we go on environmental marches and for us to then support, you know, a, an oil company or a gas yeah. company, it's very against our own morals. So we actually have an internal vetting process where if okay. we are, if we're approached by a client that does have certain issues that we think that might not quite sit well with what we do, um, we actually go to like a very democratic vote. Everyone in the company can vote whether we do it. We do research mm. behind that because... There are a lot of brands out there who have historically negative, um, you know, impact on the world, but they're trying to change that. And yeah. no company will be able to do that overnight, but what are they actually doing? And again, we kind of are held to our own account of, we have to do our research and make sure that what they're doing is genuine to ensure mm -hmm. that our product doesn't lose its, um, you know, its genuine side as well. Because, you know, we're building Good Leap as a brand and we want to know that, People see that and know what that yeah. means. And that's kind of like a trademark of uh, honesty and a trademark of actually doing something that's more positive. Mm. And out of the clients that, I don't know if you can name names or if you just want to be a bit more vague about it, but what what's working for companies? What what kind of things have you seen coming out of these companies that have got that purpose that you mm. are excited to be partnering with? Are there any key kind of traits that are coming out of those companies? Um, <laughs> should I have favourites? <laughs> Basically, yeah. maybe just um, the traits or the policies or just something that you've gone. You yeah. know, they do that really well. It's interesting because there are so many companies who are out there and do so much that we just don't know about. Yeah, and that's the other interesting thing from my point of view. I really like investigating what they're doing, how they're mm -hmm. doing it, because it is that thing as our ad unit is a bit of a humble brag for them. Uh, and it's a good opportunity to actually show the work that they're doing if they aren't doing it already. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, most people have a, most brands will have it on a tab eight pages in on their website, but who's mm. really going to see that? So it's actually a nice opportunity to, to show the good that they are doing. A lot of them will be, you know, they'll have corporate sponsors in place that they'll do something as a company, uh, you know, and, and raise a huge amount of money mm -hmm. but otherwise we wouldn't know about it so in those instances it's really nice to be able to support it more it's kind of amplifying the great work already yeah um, so that's really nice and then I'm, I'm actually going to be very like not pick an actual brand or anything <laughs> 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 but 
yeah so I, I mean even if yeah i've learned a lot in terms of what a lot of big brands that you kind of think automatically oh, they're quite negative but actually they do do a huge amount of good as well i guess the other thing is like the newer brands like it, there's legacy brands who are transitioning some are doing it quicker than others some are taking their time and some are really kind of thinking about what they want to do yeah um, and then the newer brands who have kind of already got it built in they there's a lot um yeah like i said the b corp movement they they're kind of really championing what they mm -hmm. do and it's built into a lot of their mess their packaging now like the new one um i mean we haven't run with them i'd love to because i love their chocolate but tony's chocolate have in oh. their uh, i mean tony everyone knows about it now but in love their effort that. that lovely story about what they're mm -hmm. doing um you know we have worked with someone like tom's who give a shoe for every shoe that somebody buys yeah and that was kind of like one of the first brands i remember actually doing something that was more um yeah purpose-led that people kind of bought into so it's, yeah it's interesting just seeing that transition of these the bigger global companies and what they're doing versus more sort of smaller um newer brands obviously we've been talking a lot about black lives matter but then you've also spoken a lot about sustainability there and mm. environmental and it feels like they're it's not just a quick fix it is something that all these brands are going to have to like you said, a year from now, two years from now, are they yeah. still running with these things? Um, how do you feel about the future of the industry and uh, how consumers are going to continue to to buy in? Like, who are going to be the ones that stay the most successful? Do you think? Um, it's interesting because I think the word fad might get thrown around a little bit yeah. in terms of is it just you know something that's short term? But I actually don't believe it is. I think we've already seen the credit of those who have built it in from three, four, you know, longer years ago. They're the ones that are now really profiting off this and, and, and it's more easy for them. They've been really working on it for a number of years. Um, so I think in terms of it being part of everyone's business, it has to be quite frankly. Yeah. Um, and there is a level of expectation there that you cannot hide behind. We always get asked the question, like, should we do anything like that scary dip, dipping your toes in the water? And now the expectation is you have to do something, not nothing. Yeah. I think, um, whereas before there was a lot more that people could, you know, wait and see. Mm -hmm. um, the interesting thing is, you know, it seems like so long ago, but Australia was on fire at the beginning of the I year. know. And now we're in a global pandemic, but that just seems kind of like yeah. old news. But those issues will always be there as long as, you know, the humans are on the planet, essentially. Um, you know, it's funny how it goes around in cycles almost. You know, you had the issue with single-use plastic and everyone has changed their lifestyles because of it. And um, I think actually the positive side from COVID will be that people's life lifestyles have changed yeah. better in terms of that environmental focus. But although the environmental focus isn't right here and right now in terms of Amazon fires, etc. Well, kind of always is, but mm. focus hasn't been there. It will always still be there. So yeah. Um. Again, something like the Black Lives Matter movement, it's very prevalent at the moment in terms of all of the marches and the news. But it's not going away. That's an yeah. issue that has to be addressed for many, many years. And actually, something like that, where it's more, um, you know, systemic, it has to. It will only be in history that we will actually see the changes and you mentioned um 
about working uh, well I don't know if you mentioned working from home but I know you are <laughs> we're, we're doing this yeah. um and one thing I did want to ask was just about the setup of the company now and I think mm. when we've had a call previously you said about how your industry was almost set up for this kind of of style and if we could yeah. just talk a little bit about the setup and uh remote working and kind of how you're interacting with your clients and likewise it's been quite um a smooth trans transition mm -hmm. we're very agile as a as a as an industry as a company yeah. people could work from home i think the difference being you know this is the new normal now and actually working from home for one day was very different to working from home kind of for the foreseeable um, and it's more of like a mindset i think as well of you know it's not just that i'm here because someone's putting up a painting or changing the light <laughs> and you have to be very productive um, and it, we've been very vocal as a company as to what works for people um, actually um, we've had a lovely initiative put in place where we're all given a sum of money each month that we can use to make sure that our working from home environment is a working from home environment so be it getting a desk getting you know a proper chair so that we're not just hunched over our yeah. sofas and things like that so it's actually investing in the new uh working from home environment mm -hmm. um, and i think it's really kind of it's nice to feel supported by your business that you can yeah. do that um you know everything from pot plants to stationery to <laughs> whatever you might want <laughs> but whatever it feels right for you as well i think that's a nice thing um, some people might want all the gadgets, some people might mm -hmm. want to make sure that they've got, you know, nice coffee or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, as a company, you know, we aren't 100 people. I know that the logistics of that is much harder. Mm -hmm. But in terms of how we've seen business, it's been very, um, yeah, very much kind of all hands to the deck, but in a great way. It's been really nice. We do uh, a morning check-in and an evening check-in. And right. I think when I say that to other people, they're like, it's so extreme. <laughs> but when you are small and you're building uh, yes. your culture and you're building the, your brand identity, essentially, as a business, it's very important to have that face-to-face, -face, that kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, that personal touch that you don't get by all being in an office. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been really helpful. And actually, when, as soon as you're used to it, it doesn't seem like a lot at all. And it's really nice to say, you know, what did you do today? How was this? And have a bit of a chat with everyone and keep in touch. Because when you're growing at such a pace and everything's very rapid at the moment, you miss that little kind of quick conversation here, quick yeah. conversation there. Um, and that is quite an important part of making sure that everyone's on top of everything um, and that stuff isn't missed, essentially. So it's been really useful to have so many kind of points of, of checking in with everyone. Yeah. And how many people are there now? Mm, now this is the actual test. <laughs> we're split between London and Edinburgh. And, okay. and in the London office, I think we are eight. And in yeah. Edinburgh, I think we're about four or five now. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. Still quite intimate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's that extra person? Yeah. Um, and do you have a plan to move back to the office or have the guys well, been? Everyone has done that thing where they've had time at home and they've all gone and got dogs. <laughs> so there's two new recruits. You got a dog? Not me. Oh. Uh, uh, there's two new recruits to Good Loop. They are uh, Slug and Twiggy. <laughs> oh, they are 
more durable than anyone that we had before so uh welcomed very much so but i think uh it was a thing of not really knowing how long this will last we're quite yeah. an agile company anyway so we have actually said that we will be working from home kind of for the foreseeable future mm -hmm. and then yeah depending on how how stuff progresses we might then go back to an office like i say it's hard to build culture without that personal kind of day, -day. yeah um interaction but at the same time because we do do a lot in terms of meet like uh, meetings on on zoom etc it mm -hmm. hasn't felt too too difficult to still maintain that yeah we will probably follow the market in that sense and and we're quite reliant on things like what our clients will do and what they feel yeah. comfortable with so if the big agencies aren't going back we probably won't be <laughs> allowed back anyway <laughs> so um yeah it's kind of probably more down to them but as a business again yeah, we've really invested in making sure that while this is what we think will be the foreseeable future yeah um, that everyone's comfortable with it and um, we now have things like i mentioned before that we can we have a budget to actually kit out our work from home but we also have a wellness budget okay. um, and that's really nice to be able to use on whatever you might you know it goes from anything from private healthcare to uh, you know, counselling to dental treatment, whatever it might be, but yeah. just so that everyone feels actually looked after, comfortable mm -hmm. and supported. I think that's the main thing when you're working remotely, you don't want to feel siloed, you don't want to feel alone, so you need to make sure that everyone has that kind of support there. Be yeah. aware I want it for. And it's that feeling of not feeling like you're in suspense almost, like you're in between yeah. two moments, but actually this is where I am and I'm going to make the best of this situation. And the wellness budget is lovely as well because this is a global pandemic. No, none of us have ever been through this before and it yeah. affects everyone differently. And actually it's making sure that everyone is, yeah, like we say, looked after. It's a nice little good loop family. <laughs> so, <laughs> Can I ask what you went for? I've actually gone for um, a massage this month. You can change it each month, but because I haven't, been yeah. working properly from a proper chair, I actually feel quite like I've got a hunched over. me too. That's my first, uh, first wellness part. But yeah, I've been looking at different options actually. And there's, yeah, it's a lot out there. So, but hopefully these shoulders will go down. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> I, try and, uh, I try and ask the boyfriend, but he does it like once a month. <laughs> my housemate was like, no. <laughs> She barely gives me a hug. I'm like a, a lost Labrador. I'm like, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've got that booked for a few weeks' time. So. Oh, dream. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get my hair done. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it would quite go to having my roots done, but no, maybe not. <laughs> you might have a few. One of the girls is getting like acupuncture because she had that before. Really? And it's like, yeah, it's very good. So there's lots of different things you can use it for. You yeah. Like, you're like, how can but, um, Yeah, because instinctively I would think gym membership or... So you like can, you said, it does cover that as well. Um, yeah. So for example... Actually, get, get creative. Get your yeah. acupuncture. I was like, yeah. yeah, some acupuncture, maybe some feng shui. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I'll to it. Like, your desk is all wrong. You need to <laughs> move it to the front room. Feng shui the office. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what are you most looking forward to for either the rest of the year or kind of the future of, of your time with Good Loop and, and yeah, also um, personal as well after this <laughs> you can get back to a bit more normality. 
it's um it's been such an exciting journey i think the sad part for us was that we um closed a round of investment at the end of last year so we ended the year on this huge high like yeah we'd recruited quite a few people we'd grown in number we were really seeing kind of business pick up and we had such huge expectations to keep that momentum going keep growing um we were going to expand over to the us get some people out mm. there expand across essentially become a bit more of a global entity and obviously all the borders shut none of that is possible even if we wanted to the nice thing is we have still launched in the us for example and, yeah. and there is still that growth and we're still seeing new clients and that sort of thing so we're very fortunate um, to still be so lucky in that sense where many, many others have not been so lucky. Um, but yeah, it was a shame to kind of lose those opportunities just as things were really picking up. That yeah. said, you know, I don't think it's, it's uh, we're still in the right direction and it's mm. still very exciting. So it will happen eventually. Um, so that's what I'm very excited for because as soon as that those opportunities are there, I think we'll be <laughs> hungry for them. <laughs> Um, and then I think it's just interesting from my perspective to see how much of an impact this will have longer term. I yeah. really hope that it's a transitional point where brands start to realize the importance of, you know, actually making a stand in not just a, a statement on our website, but mm. actually in every part of what they do. I think this is the frustrations that we have is that so many brands are doing such great stuff but when it comes to their advertising it just completely falls flat it's still the same old same old that they've been doing for years um, across partners that are you know not necessarily respecting that um, consumer input so much so I just hope from not just a good loop point of view but from my own personal point of view that brands really kind of step up and keep continuing mm -hmm. this momentum that we're seeing um, and yeah hopefully we can do even more Good things in the world. Maybe even, even more baby pandas. That's what I keep saying. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> exactly. Every campaign saves the baby panda. <laughs> oh, that sounds perfect. <laughs> I'm biased with the pandas, though. So many animals. You adopted a panda? Um, probably eight in my life. <laughs> love them. They're so great. YouTube videos of baby pandas going down slides. There's oh. <laughs> Honestly, it will cheer you up. <laughs> no end. Oh, and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, what a way to end it. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so me. much for being my first yeah. guest. If it all goes well as well, yeah. A huge thank you to Julia and Goodloop. You can find out more about the work they're doing via their website, good-loop.com. A Life in Digital was brought to you by Sphere Digital Recruitment. We hope you can join us next week for more as we dive further into life in digital.